Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Ghani, boy Harry. Uh, it's Tuesday evening here in the UK. Just gone eight o'clock in the evening. It's dark outside, it's really cold, but my apartment is warm, it's brilliant. So how have you guys been? Where have you been? What are you doing? How is life treating you? Mm. So, what's happened in my life? So far, not a lot going on. Um, working and working on myself still trying to grow still trying to get into a path where i understand myself i understand who i am i understand who i want to be it's very simple guys in order for you to be who you want to be you really have to keep tracking like if you were tracking food your calorie intake you write them down how many calories you you need to lose weight or to make those gains so one of the things I'm doing is here trying to be accountable in terms of my life and where I want to be. So in reflection, today's uh, podcast is about that. Where are you? Where are you going? How are you getting to where you're going? Because guys, one of the things I've realized is change is easy, but it's also hard. Let me explain. Let me explain. It's easy but it's also hard. Now, I'll break it down like this, right? So for a long time, so I've been married for a very long time, been married for 20 years, and um, been separated now for a while. Um, and when my separation came, it, was, um, it, it, it wasn't out of the blue. Basically, you know, my marriage had been petering out for a very long time. And I, I think eventually we were like together because obviously, you know, maybe financial issues, maybe the kids, but 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 most important of all, maybe fear, maybe fear from both parties, you know, um, where we, you know, uh, a lot of stuff just basically petering out, you know, you can imagine, I mean, personally, on, on my side, I, I take a lot of blame in terms of, you know, um, lack of honesty, and this lack of honesty was from the beginning, you know, from the beginning when I got involved in the relationship, I um, I became uh, the kind of person that basically didn't speak their mind. I suppose I was desperate to be with someone and to be in love and to, to actually feel wanted. Uh, and in doing that, basically, I scuppered a lot of, a lot of things, you know. Um, and to be honest with you, I think at the beginning as well, I lacked a little bit of substance in terms of what I wanted in a relationship. Um, not very good at relationships. I mean, my uh, my proper relationship, the first one, probably I was 17. And before that, not very good at talking to girls, not to, very good at talking to women. I could talk to women because I love talking to women. I'm very good at it. Like I could talk to my mother and I could talk to... My my, uh, my sister and I can talk to pretty much any woman, but I, I suppose for me where it all fell apart is probably when I lost my virginity. Um, I think when I started to see women more, uh, I don't know, maybe objectifying them a little bit, you know, and then uh, and then the other thing as well, I think that really really messed me up. I was exposed to pornography at a very young age. I think I was about eleven when I first saw saw my my pornographic video, and then I saw uh, twelve, I think twelve actually, and, and pornographic magazines and stuff like that. 
And I think what those things tend to do to young men is they give you a, a, a false sense of what women are. And you start to objectify women. So in that sense, if you don't grow out of that, and, uh, and essentially in some part, you become comfortable with being on your own because you can rely on that because that would be your go-to thing. You know, everything is not going great. So what do I do? Uh, you know, I use pornography or I use the pornographic magazine and stuff like that. Desensitizing yourself to actually want to be in a relationship, you know. So, uh, so in terms of that, I, I've looked back and I've gone back and I've gone, I rewind it back. So how do you get into a relationship with a woman that's meaningful? First of all, I'd say stop objectifying women. Stop thinking uh, of women as having a sexual encounter or wanting a woman to uh, um, uh, be your sex partner or something like that. I think you need to start looking in terms of, you know, um, women, it's just like your mother, just like your, your sister. Um, so if you look at a woman as, as, as a human being, first of all, I think the objectifying of women will then stop and then you become this person that sees a woman as another person. Because if you think about it, right, if you're in a relationship with a guy, right, right, so, for example, in Malawi, I, I remember one of the things that Malawian guys were very good at was, you know, touch. You know, very good, touchy-feely, you know, they'll put an arm around each other's shoulders, around each other's waist, and they'll walk hand in hand. Sometimes they'll even grab ha hands. And none of that was sexual, yeah? So, so, it was quite intimate, but none of that was sexual. And a lot of men spoke a lot. As when I was younger, especially with my friends back in Malawi, what we did as young boys, we spoke a lot. And I played with girls a lot. And, um, uh, and I had a very good relationship with my sister and when she was very young. You know, not when she was a teenager, that was terrible. But when she was very young, because when she was a teenager, I just tried to be a father in, in a way, which was absolutely terrible. That's not how you want to treat your sister. So... I'm going back to, so you're back here, you're, you're with your mates, you are, you are uh, now just in a sense of, you know, I'm a human being and I want to interact with other human beings and these are my friends, we're the male friends. Um, so if you can interact with women on that level, that this, uh, you know, you can, you can see, uh, like you can have a, 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 a platonic friendship. You know, imagine you have a, a girlfriend, she's not your girlfriend, but you can sit down on the bed, on the bed, on the bed, most intimate place, or on a sofa in a living room, and you can have a conversation, and you can be close to each other, and remove the sexual aspect of it. So you remove the sexual aspect of it, you know, and you're just having conversation. Well, whether you're talking about movies, whether you're talking about philosophy, whether you're talking about Bible, whether you're talking about church, whatever you're talking about. So let's take looks aside and put them to the side. Because one of the things that we have, like for example myself, if I go back, is not feeling like I am cut out. So what, what I used to do is I would put a female onto a pedestal. So I would put her up there and it's above myself. So let's say she's a nine in terms of if we're going to rate her and i'll put myself as a five so in, in 
instead of me being friends with her, I'm turning her into a celebrity. Yeah. So much so that I can't be myself around her. So I'm so judgmental of myself. I'm judging myself in terms of how I speak, how I communicate, how I'm dressed, you know. And it all becomes a disaster because none of it is natural, you know. But let's say you look at her as a friend, right? Forget her face, you know, she's beautiful, but you notice that, but it's not the most important thing because you know yourself, you know, you're quite a handsome guy. You know, you're, you, you've got it all together as well, you know. And she might find you attractive, but, you know, uh, that's neither here nor there, you know. In fact, the matter is most people find each other attractive. In fact, in fact, it's a well-known fact that even if you're in a relationship, you're attracted to the opposite sex. A lot of people like to pretend that that doesn't happen, but that's a fact. So, so think about it this way. You're always going to be attracted by the opposite sex, whether you like it or not. You could be married. I mean, I was married for, for 20 years. I was in a relationship for 21 years. And all through that, all through that time period, I was attracted to many, many women. You know, I mean, there, there are millions and millions of women around, you know, they're all different shapes and sizes, different voices, different. So essentially, you're bound to be attracted. And equally, these women are the same. They're attracted to other men. They're attracted to how other men smell, how men look, you know, are they cool? Are they, you know, you think, you know, can we vibe? Essentially, what makes us more monogamous is the fact that we want to be with someone. And uh, we, uh, uh, we learn to switch off our animal instinct and to stop us um, basically going astray. And one of the, the things that we use that is respect. And the other one is, well, I believe you, you can call it love. And the other one is, uh, you know, uh, you don't want to hurt your partner, you know. But essentially, uh, given an opportunity, uh, most people will cheat. Most people will get out and uh, basically their animal instinct, if you can't control it, you end up in a relationship and you're, you find yourself cheating because, you know, you cannot control your animal instinct. So, I digress a little bit. So, in all essence, you have to reevaluate your life. You know, how do you do that? And, and how do you come to the conclusion that your life is better? You know, uh, as a young man, one of the things I, I, I became really, really good at was lying. And I can explain to you, I never wanted to lie. But, you know, I had a certain kind of relationship with my father. And, and my father was very mistrusting, you know. And there were times where, you know, he would you know, nudge me a little bit, you know, show me a little bit of a backhander and because he didn't believe some of the things I said. So in conclusion, I decided, you know what? I am just going to say whatever pleases this man. As long as it sounds good and it sounds like something that he's going to believe, then I ended up lying. But consequently, you can carry that on into your later years if you don't check yourself. So you have to check yourself. You know, you have to get to a place or part in your life where you have to go. Maybe this has to stop. And for me, uh, most likely it should have been around 17, you know. But I carried some of those traits into my, my later years. 
which is absolutely horrible because it's ruined relationships. Lying is awful. Trust me, lying is the worst thing you can do in life. Lying ruins um, careers, it ruins relationships, it ruins friendships, it ruins so many things. Because once you start believing in your own lies, you start to think that that's the truth. And then you get caught up in a lie. Then you have to make up another lie to, to cover up for the other lie. And I've caught people out so many times. You, I just know you're lying to me. But why are you lying to me? This is something that you shouldn't lie to me about. You know, but people sometimes they just have this need to lie. And you don't, you don't know why. And then relationships are breaking down. So one of the things I did was lie to myself during my relationship and lie to my partner, not being truthful in terms of, you know, lying doesn't mean that you have to tell a lie. Lying means that you're not happy with the way certain thing is going in a relationship and you keep your mouth shut. You know, I remember being in a relationship um, and my partner was smoking and I remember I would challenge her and, uh, and, and I would push her to stop and then it would get really ugly and then and then I wouldn't really want to confront it, but then I'd have this resentment. You know, I remember pushing my partner to, to work full time and, and um, at the time thinking, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, she wants to raise the family uh, and my values were a little bit different because obviously I grew up in a, in a family where my mother worked full time and my father worked full time. I suppose those are the things you should discuss before you get into relationships. You need to discuss who's going to be staying at home, who's going to be looking after your children. Otherwise, if you keep quiet, you're lying. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to your partner. And because there's resentment. And resentment is a really bad thing, a terrible thing for relationships. You know? And, and then, and then uh, as you lie through a lot of things, you start becoming anxious. You know, we're not born anxious, but we start to become anxious. Maybe a lot of things that have happened to us when we were young causes anxiety. Then we develop this um, uh, uh, anxiety issue where we, we're anxious about a lot of things, you know. Um, and one of the things that really made me anxious from a young age is... Um, uh, uh, is the sound of people fighting, you know, those two two things that caused that. Growing up really young, you know, watching my, my mother and father get, get at it, whether it was shouting or screaming, whether it was, um, it was physical. And, and that's caused me trauma for a long, long time, yes. I would have nightmares sometimes. I would have horrible nightmares, really horrible nightmares. You know, I would wake up and I'd still, I'd, I'd be in, I was in my 40s and I would literally wake up in a cold sweat because I remembered, I remembered something that had happened years ago. But I was, it was confronting me at 40 years old, you know, and this was something that happened when I was a kid. You know, you're talking about maybe a toddler, maybe a five, six, seven years old. Now, I'm 40 years old and... And, and the ghost of my father would wake me up in my dream, either telling me off, you know, and, and that was scary. It was a scary thing, you know. So in a sense that you, you get into a relationship with, uh, with your partner, you know, whether male or female, whatever kind of uh, relationship you have, whether it's homosexual, uh, heterosexual, whether, you know, whatever relationship you are, whether you're just in a platonic relationship. It's important that you send boundaries. 
you know, boundaries are really important. You know, it's it's never, never okay to go into relationships without boundaries. You need to set boundaries. What I mean by that is you need to know what you expect for each other from the beginning. Because if you try make these things up as you go into your marriage or your your uh, relationship, uh, if you choose not to get married, or, or you're just boyfriend and girl, girlfriend, or you're just a booty call, you have to set boundaries. Now, if you if you have a booty call and you've decided that no, there is the other person is never going to sleep over as another person's, or you're not going to have pillow talk. Uh, um, conversation, you know, or you're not going to hold hands, then you need to stick to that. Because what happens if you start having pillow talk, if you start holding hands, that relationship is now changing boundaries. It's no longer a booty call. It's becoming more of um, a mental, structurally, uh, emotional connection, which is dangerous, very dangerous. You know, because you've set up boundaries and all of a sudden one of you is veering off boundaries and the other one is jumping into veering off boundaries, and you're causing yourself a massive, massive disservice. So don't do that. That's what I suggest you don't do that. The other thing is, the other thing is, I believe it's really, really important. Now, you think about it this way, right? Women are very clever. Women are very clever. Women do not get in relationship with someone lower than their status. Okay? If a woman is middle class, she's either going to be with a middle class guy or she's going to be with an upper class guy. Right? She's not going to look downwards. Right? Men, on the other hand, they're quite comfortable with that. They're quite comfortable uh, with someone who's middle class if they're upper class. You know, um, you know, um, and sometimes they'll even go working class. But, you know, not everyone can do that because that's where the problems begin. You know, you need to be really careful there. And you also need to be careful with cultural values. It's really important. I want you to make a differentiation in this, right? I want you to make a differentiation in this. Because in the past, I started thinking maybe you've got to be in line with your um your ethnicity no 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 don't get me wrong cultural values right now for example here a black man a black man loves i don't know maybe not all black men but they love music right they love to dance they like to you know it's just quite generally loud people you know not all of them some of them are introverts you know um but i mean the ones i hang around with mostly are extroverts so but I've obviously met a few introverts, but you have to be careful with that. You have to be very careful in terms of, you know, um, you know, there's 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 stuff to do with haircuts. Uh, you know, whether you you like braiding your hair, there's a lot of things that's quite cultural. You know, you know, because it's very rare for. I mean, in my experience, to you know, I, I know that. And the black men I've grown up around, if I ever listen to reggae, they listen to Afro, Afro beats or African music or, or they listen to um, uh, hip hop, you know. And if you're not into the ladies, then you listen to R&B. 
and you might listen to jazz, you know. Um, and I mean, I've listened to all those genres because, you know, that's without a doubt my um, my cultural background. I grew up in in a family where my father uh, played uh, African folk music and uh, also my my, uh, my uncle play, uh, listened to jazz music and uh, I grew up with my friends with a massive hip-hop influence and as I got older I became really close with R&B because if you wanted to have a girlfriend you needed to actually know your R&B so that's really important so so this is what I say Right, for example, you meet a woman and she's not from your cultural background, right? Now, she has to be prepared to put in work to understand your culture. Vice versa, you also have to be prepared to understand your culture because cultural values are what builds this relationship but makes them strong, right? If you are not prepared, if you're not prepared to learn about where your partner comes from or which country they're from and where they grew up and where they went to school, who were their friends and what their their childhood like. And, you know, because the worst thing you can do is not talk about you, you know. And, And that's where a lot of relationships fail, you know. If you're not talking about yourself, you're not discussing things about yourself, you're being, you're not being truthful, you know, you're being deceitful, you know, you have to talk about yourself. And then the very important thing is if, if your partner is, is, decides they're going to talk, you need to listen. You might learn something. You might learn um, a, a lot about them. You know, you just keep quiet and listen to what they have to say. You know, you pick up a few things, you know. You know, it might be that a partner explains a trauma to you. You, know, you have to pay attention because they might not describe it as a trauma, but you, you, will, you, might, you might actually understand it to be a trauma. That way you can better understand how certain quirks they have in their life. You know, I, it's... There's there's so much in in the way in the context of, like, I'm talking about growing up and then having a certain values, and as a man, as a man, I'm not talking as a man because I'm a man, uh, and as someone who's learning and who's always trying to cultivate uh, 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 a new way of sustaining my life on this planet, sustaining my life to be a better person, a human being. And you understand your worth. And what I mean by that is, you know, don't sell yourself short, you know. And be careful, you know. If, if you can try to find yourself, your equals, um, when I'm talking about, it's a cultural equal, educational equal, you know. Uh, um, because if you go the wrong direction, I tell you, there's going to be a lot of problems, a lot of problems. Right, I know this because, because you know, I, I I understood myself, you know. So 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 I'll tell you something about myself, right? So I went to um, so when I was I was in Malawi, I, I I believe I was in Malawi from. 
birth, um, if you listen to my parents, that is, I was born in Malawi, in Lilongwe, and um, at 12 years old, it was in August, I believe, I moved to England, UK, and, um, you know, my English was not very good, my spoken English, of course I could read and write, but not very good. But I came to the country and um, and it, somehow my education a little bit got lost in a way. And um, I'd done my GCSEs, done really terrible, really terrible. I don't know whether it was because I wasn't trying or because I was, my education was disturbed. Not very good. And then I went to a business college. I never finished it because I hated the place. But to be honest, I was in love with a girl at the time, so uh, she was at the same school, and I, you know, I liked to spend time with her, but never really enjoyed it. And then my father decided to send me to um, uh, College of Accountancy, paid a lot of money, and again, I never finished because I didn't like what I was I was doing there. To be honest, I never understood it. Never understood mathematics. I never understood anything to do with with numbers. I was rubbish. I'm still rubbish now. I can add, subtract, and multiply. Basically, arithmetic is my forte, you know, and the times tables, I know them inside out, but you talk to me about algebra or anything like that when I'm absolutely useless, absolutely useless. But one thing that I am is I have an inquisitive mind and I'm a quick learner. So if you teach, teach me something, I will learn it very quick. So, in a sense, I had a lot of jobs when I worked as a, as a, as a janitor, I worked as a, as a carer, I worked as a, a parking attendant, I worked as, um, as an office, uh, office manager kind of stroke, facilitator kind of person. You know, I worked in a factory, I, I worked as a landscape maintenance guy, you know, cutting lawns and alone and and, um, and hedges and stuff, you know, I, uh, I hold garbage, garbage, garbage or rubbish. Um, you know, it's, it's the thing is I have this mix of British and American kind of English, obviously, you know, being African and stuff. Anyway, anyway, so that's that. Uh, so I moved, I moved from, from, from that kind of range of um, um, uh, movement. And then I went to a policing academy, you know, uh, I passed very well, became, uh, became a, a, a police officer. And, and this is something that I don't not like to talk about. Um, maybe I can talk about it another time, but um, this has been cause of stress in my life, especially in the last year or so, you know, um, it's a cause of frustration, but obviously I can't talk about that part of my life, you know, because I'm still, um, yeah, it's something that maybe one day I'll discuss in and give you full disclosure in terms of why it's something that I don't like to talk about. Um, but essentially, Essentially, uh, I believe that's something I was very good at. I believe um, I did a lot of good work in, in that department. Um, and then um, I became a father at 26. You know, I, I, 
I helped. I helped in raising my children, and 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 my children remind me, and they tell me I've been a good father. I believe I could have done better. I believe I could have been a more astute and a more level-headed father. I believe. I believe maybe I would have maybe instilled maybe more discipline maybe or maybe maybe I instilled too much discipline I don't know but obviously I'm glad how my children have turned out and um, obviously that's something that uh, you and your partner have to discuss in terms of how we going to raise our children especially if you're from two different cultures it's very important you know um and growth and respect is another one you know how you learn to grow together and have respect for each other uh and and most important of all don't complain about your partnership one one of the biggest mistakes i made was constantly complaining about my partnership and not doing anything about it you know, instead of uh, confronting the person that was, I, I believe that the time was uh, was pulling in a different direction, I spent plenty of time uh, being uh, being angry and being hesitant and, you know, not being fully on the ball. You know, it's another thing that you shouldn't do in a in a relationship. You know, don't. You know, I, I spoke about this in a previous podcast. Don't be a toe dipper. You know, don't tip your toes in a relationship. Of course, if the relationship is for booty call purposes, that, that's different. You know, you can't go all in. You have to hold back some stuff. And at the beginning of a relationship, if you can, especially if you don't know where the relationship is going to be going, you know, try not to, um, to put all your cards on the table. You know, uh, first of all, figure out what, what you guys want to do. And then you can start putting your cards on the table. Then you can start about, you know, a, expanding on how much you want to learn, how much you want to give each other. And then when you decide you're going to be together, then that's when you should, you know, put all your your your, your eggs in one basket and, and, and discuss finances and who's going to be paying for what, who's going to be covering what. And then you can discuss whether you're going to have children or you're not going to have children because... Obviously, that's a very, very difficult situation. Obviously, you know, uh, women are on a timer. And, and as, a, as a man, don't wait until you're 40. I, I believe you should do it earlier. Uh, I believe 26 is a good age. You know, and 24, I was probably too shy of 26. You know, and then when you get in, into it, you know, be ready to be a good father. You know, but it's important that when you're a father... Or a mother, you know, don't put all your favors in the basket. Don't, don't just focus on your on your family, because that's the mistakes that men make, and I made that mistake. You know, remember, if you cannot be forthright with yourself, there's chances that you're going to be resentful. You know, and you know, you need to set yourself goals when you have time. To go to the gym or whether she wants to go to the gym and and you also need to set times when you can spend time together you know discuss when it's best for you to be alone you know and intimacy is very important you know 
you know, learn to be touchy-feeling without it involving sex, you know, very important things, you know. So, without further ado, I think this podcast has been really resounding, it's really incredible podcast, I mean, (laughs) obviously I have to say that, but if you've liked my podcast and if you think this podcast is something that uh, um, it's got merit and you think someone else can listen to this and uh, grow from it you know I, i'm talking about young people i'm talking about those those of you who have been you know obviously set your life to become better and better but um, anyway you set yourself some goals and uh, you yeah grow grow and grow um Anyway, this has been um, my podcast on Grophology. Uh, you will have yourself a fantastic evening and I shall talk to you later. And I'm off to watch the football. Just got a message from, from my pal. Um, uh, Leeds are playing someone rather. And um, um, so that's that. Anyway, you take care. Have a good one. God bless. And... See you uh, next time on my podcast. Uh, And please, if you like it, subscribe and share it with those who you think will like it. Thank you very much. Bye bye.